Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. I invite those who are able to please stand for our first lesson. It is from the book of Job. It is the last chapter of Job, chapter 42. We're starting from the first verse. We'll take a break and then pick it up again in verse 10. Verse 10. And listen now to the word of God. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Here and I will speak. I will question you and you declare to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, and therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes." And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And then there came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before. And they ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he named the first Jemima, and the second Keziah, and the third Karenhapak. In the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his children's children four generations. And Job died old and full of days. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I invite you to rise as you are able in body and in spirit that we may hear Scripture read. This is from Mark's Gospel in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. They came to Jericho, Jesus and those who were with him, and he and his disciples and a large crowd as they were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. Jesus is calling you. 
So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. There's a story in my family about an accident that happened. My brother was in elementary school, and I was a few years older than he. And one day, he had a bike accident, and he fell off his bike. And he came home, and he told our mother what had happened. And she asked him, she said, where did you get hurt? And he replied, I was up at the top of the hill, the end of the street. And she said to him, no, where on your body are you hurt? A little while later, my father came home, my father the physician, and he was updated on what had happened, and he went in to my brother and he said, where did you get hurt? And my brother said, it was, I was at the top of the street at the end of the hill. And my father said, no, that's not what I meant. I wanted to know the location where you were hurt. Is it any wonder then that with that simple problem of understanding where means where, what means what, that there is a problem in the world of communicating. How do we communicate? How do we get across the, the message that we mean when words may mean the same thing? Where? Is it a physical location of an event, or is it a place on our body, or is it something else entirely? The story of Bartimaeus caught my attention as well that way. Bartimaeus is blind. His story is in the 10th chapter of Mark. And in fact, it's the only place in the Gospels where this story is told. Other accounts that Jesus has, other events in his life are shared in several other places. But this is the only place that Bartimaeus is named in this way. We can talk about that and what that means later at some other occasion. But right now, I want to focus on that exchange between Jesus and Bartimaeus. What was happening between those two folks? In Jesus' day, if you were blind or if you had some other disability, if you could not walk or you had mobility issues or you could not see or hear, one of the few choices of an occupation, as it were, would be that of beggar. You would be out on the street asking for people to give. And the truth is, everybody in families had to produce something in their economy, and so that is what they did. They begged. They asked for people's pity, and they received whatever was handed to them. It was something that is human, that has been known throughout human history. And in fact, 
we have our own equivalent of that in our own day and time. How many times have you drawn, dr driven down the street and you've seen somebody who had a sign that said, I'm homeless, please help me. I'm out of work. I have children to feed. I have obligations to meet. How many times have you seen that? I know I have just the other day. And usually I see it several times a day, several times a week, sometimes even several times a day. Bartimaeus was one of those folks standing there with a sign saying, help me, help me do something. But on that day, on that day that he encountered Jesus, the crowd was making a lot of noise and Bartimaeus knew something was special. And then when he realized who it was that was coming by, he, he yelled out, hey, Jesus, I'm over here. Help me. And the crowd around Jesus, the, the, the disciples and the, the people who were the followers, the true believers, said, hush up. He doesn't need your distractions. Be quiet. They may have said even harsher things than that. But Bartimaeus would not be quiet. He kept it going, hey, help. Do something for me. And Jesus heard him. And he said, let him come over. Bring him over here to me. And then he asked Bartimaeus a question. He said to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? Hello, Jesus, can't you tell the man's blind? Everybody knows he's a blind, blind. He's, he's the blind beggar who sits here by the side of the road. But Jesus didn't presume that that would be what he asked for. He asked the question, what do you want? What can I do for you? How may I help you? And the man said, I want to see again. I want to be able to see. I want to be able to understand what's going on in the world. I want to be able to figure these things out. And Jesus said to him, in that moment, you have wholeness. You have your sight back. In that moment of naming what he wanted and what he needed, this man who was blind gained something. I want to try something with you this morning. Take out your bulletin or a piece of paper or open up your smartphone application for note-taking, whatever you want to do with that, however you want to do that, and answer this question. What do you want Jesus to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Think about that for your, as an individual, 
for your family, for your church, for the world. Now, don't answer the question the way other people would answer it for you. Answer it for yourself. What is it that Joel or Jane or Amy or Mary or Steve, what do, what do we want? What, is, what do I want Jesus to do for me? I'm going to give you a minute or two of silence to think about that. So think about it. What do you want Jesus to do for you? As you think about that and write those answers, write, write those concerns that you have now and the ways in which they may resonate with you for, for other times in today or in the days to come, I can't predict the outcomes. I don't guarantee anything. But I can tell you that in the act of naming whatever you named, that you have made a great act of faith. You have done something more powerful, more um, dynamic than any great theologian. To name what you would like Jesus to do for you is to respond to the invitation that God has given. Let me tell you how I answered that question. What do you want, Joel, for me to do for you as I heard that? Lord Jesus, I want you to provide wholeness for me, for my family, and for the church at First Presbyterian Columbus. I want wholeness for those of us who have gathered here today I want wholeness for those who are watching on television. I want wholeness for those people who have been here in the past but for some reason are not here now. I want wholeness for all of those relationships that this place in 185 years of its life have provided. I want wholeness, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I want sustenance. I want you to show how I and my family and this church can keep our bodies and our souls together to share goodness and grace and, and the wonder of your love. We're coming up on a stewardship season, and the numbers will be daunting. I want you to be at work in the lives of our members, of me and others, to know of a joy that can come from giving, sharing time and energy as well as of money, and especially 
I would hope that those who have not done that before could find a way to experience that. Lord Jesus, I want each and every person here sharing this moment to have clarity, to have clarity of their own purpose, to have clarity of your purpose for them in their life, for them to know their giftedness, their, their wonder, the, their uniqueness, the ways in which they can share life with others at work, at home, and in the world, that they can have that ability. And Lord Jesus, I want you, I want for myself and for my family and for this congregation, I want confidence. I want to be confident in the way that Bartimaeus was confident. I want us, I want to be able to speak and to call out and to name things that need to be named and to identify and say, Lord Jesus, you are Lord of all. How can we share that? I want to be able to do that in confidence so that our brothers and sisters in faith in other Presbyterian churches and in other churches of all sorts of denominations can know about that and can hear that. Lord Jesus, for myself and my own and this congregation, I want wholeness. I want sustenance. I want clarity. And I want confidence. Those are the things I want from Jesus today. I know that God hears that, not just because I'm up in front talking, but because God's way of working in the world is to have us say what we want. And what you have put down for the things you want, either that you wrote down or that you thought about, or even those things that you were thinking that you didn't write down, God received those. And through our understanding of God being real in Christ, we have that encounter. And you have made a great act of faith. You have made a great act of faith. And the Lord Jesus listens. What do you want? Jesus to do for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.